this morning in East Point Church. It would have been even better if we could have been there in person, but unfortunately we'll have to go with online for now. Um, just a wee quick hello to Pastor Stephen and Donna, two great people who have been a brilliant support to myself and my husband on our journey. Um, for those who don't know who don't know me, my name is Karen Oliver. I've been married to John for nearly 22 years. Um, John runs an organisation called New Ground Ireland. Some of you are probably familiar with it. Um, I help him sort of in the background with stuff in it as well. Um, with three kids, two boys, one's 18 and the other one's 15, and we girl at 10. So today obviously is Mother's Day and I want to wish you all a happy Mother's Day. I hope you have had a good day so far, whatever way that has looked for you. Um, just a wee quick question I have for you is, what would you rather have on Mother's Day? Would you rather have a lie-in with breakfast in bed or would you rather have your dinner made for you? Personally for me, I would go for the dinner made for me. My kids are all up a wee bit, so the lie-in usually comes anyway. Um, anybody with young kids, it's probably a lie-in because it definitely is something that you, you need every now and then. So, um, Donna had asked me to bring a wee thought to you for Mother's Day and I do feel God has given me a word um, to bring for you. It's, it's not necessarily about mums or even that theme, but um, I just feel that, that it is appropriate for, for um, this, this season. So, I want you to ask yourself a question. What does God expect of me in this season? So firstly, you need to know what season God has placed you in. Have you placed yourself in the same season? See, for, the, for some this season is filled with uncertainty, it's filled with fear, it's filled with changes, it's, it's filled with, you know, staying around your house a lot more crazy things that we wouldn't even thought of a year and a half ago. You know, things around us look very shaky, but you have to remember that God is not shaken at all. There's one question I've asked myself over this past year, and it's this. Why did God send the church home? Or even, did God send the church home? You know, like literally with churches closing their doors and sending the church, as in the people, back home to their, to their houses, into their communities. You know, what season are we living in? I want to look at Jesus' disciples. They were a wee bit confused at the season that they were living in as well. I'm going to take a wee look in a second in Matthew chapter 28, and I'm sure most of you will know from the previous few um, chapters, it's the story of Jesus where he was on trial, he was crucified and he's buried. Um, so as we pick up here in chapter 28, you'll find uh, there's two women coming to the tomb on this early on Sunday morning to see Jesus. The both of them are called Mary. And an angel greeted them at the tomb with a message. So if we turn to chapter Matthew 28 and we'll start at verse 5. Then the angel spoke to the woman. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. He is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. <clears throat> they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, 
Jesus met them and greeted them. They ran, grasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. So here you see these two women were given a message to give to the disciples. They were told to tell the disciples to head towards Galilee. You see, God was sending the disciples home. Galilee was, was where Jesus originally found his disciples in the first place, and now he was sending them back, back to familiar surroundings, you know, back to territory that they knew, back to where they worked, back to where their family and their community lived. So when the women found the disciples, the disciples were afraid, they were alone. They didn't know what was going on. But you see, Jesus wanted to meet them at home, somewhere they were comfortable and familiar with. Could it be in this season that God is sent in his church home in order to find Christ? You know, I don't want you to misunderstand me. I'm not saying we can't find Christ in church. Of course we can. But the Bible, because the Bible clearly tells us to meet together. But at this time, when most churches are not meeting, I believe God has given us a chance, taking us out of the busyness of life, bringing us home in order to do a work in our lives to prepare us for the next new thing. You know, Jesus was about to, to um, deal with his disciples' fear, their apprehension, their unbelief, in the place where they belonged, in their own community. Jesus had a deep love for people. He wanted, them, he wanted to see them walk in all that God had for them. But he also knew it was a journey getting there. Just like us, we all have a different journey getting to where God wants us. I want to look at one of the disciples' journeys. There's a few verses, but if we start in John chapter 18. You know, John is a great book for detail. The style of the writing in John, it just brings out, there's deep meanings, there's symbolism, there's emotions. If you compare the other gospels, there just isn't the same detail. You know, I'm going to give you a wee example here, how you compare the detail, you'll have a laugh. It's like the difference between asking a man and a woman about a friend who's just had a baby. You ask a man, you're going to get probably, well, hopefully, you'll get if it's a boy or a girl. Will he know the name? Probably not. Will he know the weight? Probably not. Will he know when it was born? No. <laughs> Will you think to ask if the mum and the baby are doing well? Probably not. You ask a woman, she's going to be able to answer all them questions without any bother. You might need to ask her the questions, she'll be able to tell you immediately. You see, that's the kind of detail I'm looking whenever I'm looking in this passage. So we'll start off in chapter 18 and verse 17. Now this is the beginning of what Jesus told Peter would happen. We're going to look at Peter here. The woman asked Peter, you're not one of the man's disciples, are you? No, he said, I am not. Because it was cold, the household servants and the guards had made a charcoal fire. They stood around it, warming themselves, and Peter stood with them, warming himself. Now, I want to pause for a wee second. Verse 18 there, I want you to remember, there's a couple of words, just uh, stick them in your memory box there, charcoal fire. Just remember them few words. So if we want to move on down to verse 25, this is Peter's second and third denials of knowing Jesus. So meanwhile, as Simon Peter was standing by the fire, warming himself, they asked him again, You're not one of his disciples, are you? 
He denied it, saying, No, I am not. But one of the household slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Didn't I see you out there in the olive grove with Jesus? Again, Peter denied it, and immediately a rooster crowed. Can you imagine when he realised what had happened, how he felt? Do you ever find yourself saying something, going somewhere, doing something that you thought you would never do, somewhere you thought you would never go? Like, how do you come back from that? How do you move forward? Maybe no one knows about it and it's eating you up inside. Or maybe people do know about it and you're really embarrassed. Or could it be a forgiveness issue that's holding you back? You know, people can find forgiveness very difficult, whether it's forgiving yourself or forgiving someone else. I just want to read a wee article to you that um, I read on the internet lately. It was wrote in 2008. The title was Forgiveness is Healing. Now here's part of what it said. A London psychiatrist once told Billy Graham that 70% of the people in treatment in England could be released if they could find forgiveness. The problem, he said, was guilt. They could find no relief from the guilt and pressure under which they lived. You see, if Satan can keep you bound by guilt, he will. But you need to decide, is that where you're going to be happy to live? Is that where you're going to be content to keep living under what Satan's trying to do? You see, I have no, no doubt that Peter was wrecked with guilt here. So how did Jesus deal with it? What did he do? You know, if we look at John chapter 20, verse 26, this is one of the times where Jesus appears to his disciples after his resurrection. So we'll just turn John 20, verse 26. So eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. So if we look at the beginning of verse 26, it begins with eight days. Why do you think John specifically begins with eight days? Like, why eight days? Does it matter? Like, could it have been two days or 12 days? You see, if you look all through the Bible, the number eight always speaks of new birth and new beginnings. What I think Jesus was saying here was, do you know what? Things like a wee bit messy and unsure, and that's okay. I know how to fix it. I'm the one who can bring you peace. See, this is a journey. This is going to be a new journey for you. A time to be equipped for the next part of your journey. Jesus was beginning to strengthen their faith. Do you think that's why we're at home now? Are we being equipped for the next part of our journey? We'll go on to the next part, chapter 21. This is where Jesus appears to seven of the disciples who were out fishing. Here, he had, Jesus had prepared breakfast for them on the beach. So we'll start at verse 9 and then we'll move on down to verse 12. So John 21, verse 9. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. We'll move down to verse 12. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. 
This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. So remember earlier I asked you to take note of the charcoal fire, the place where, Jesus, or the place where Peter denied knowing Jesus. Well, if you look here in verse 9, Jesus was cooking on a charcoal fire. Do you think that was a coincidence? Or was it also a coincidence that in verse 14, this was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples from the resurrection? Number three keeps coming up. You've Peter's three denials of knowing Jesus. This is the third time that Jesus has appeared to his disciples. And you'll see shortly, Jesus asking Peter three times if he loves him. You know, as, as I was just working through this wee study, I, I was picturing in my mind the disciples coming in from their fishing trip, catching all the fish, Peter getting so excited, seeing Jesus, jumping out of the boat, starting to run towards Jesus. I wonder did he think to himself, this is the third time I have seen Jesus from he's been raised from the dead. Then did he catch on? Did he think three, three denials? As he got closer and he saw Jesus cooking breakfast in the charcoal fire, what memories did it bring back? You know, as he came even closer, did the smell catch him of the burning charcoal? Did it bring back painful memories that he would probably wish to forget all about? Do you think Peter caught on what was happening? You know, sometimes Jesus has to take us back to a certain situation, a conversation, or maybe even a certain smell that, bring, that brings back memories, but it can also bring back pain. If you look at verse 17, you will clearly see that Peter was hurting. But Jesus knew he had to take him on a journey before he could begin his next one. If you look at verse, or sorry, if you look at chapter 21, beginning of verse 15 and down to 17, you'll see the three questions that Jesus had for Peter. So we'll just read this. Chapter 21, verse 15 to 17. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs. Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, then feed my sheep. As I said earlier, the number three keeps appearing in these few chapters. Why? What's the significance? Let's look at what three means in the Bible. See, three can represent resurrection, divine completeness, perfection, confirmation, and restoration. Do you see what John was highlighting here, but specifically mentioning the number three? See, it was time to get things moving forward in God's direction. It was time for Peter's new journey. But first he had to deal with his past. The complete denial in John chapter 18. He had to deal with his present. His complete confession, John chapter 21. And his future, his complete restoration. See, at the end of verse 17, Jesus says to Peter, then feed my sheep. In other words, once he had walked that journey, what Jesus was saying to him was, you need to get on with, I have, get on with what I have called you to do here. 
You know, I believe that there's people listening and watching today. And even now you can feel God's spirit revealing things to you. You can feel that tightening in your chest where your heart beats that just that wee bit faster. You know, Jesus wants to do your real work in your life. It's time for new beginnings. Jesus is bringing you back to where it all started. But it's only for one reason. It's to deal with the hurt, the sadness, the fear, the guilt. See, there can't be any more sticky plasters over the wound. It needs it opened up properly and cleaned out in order to heal. It's painful, but it's so necessary. You see, Peter couldn't move on to what God had for him without healing. Is it time for your healing? How long have you carried this wound? Has someone from your past caused this wound? Verse 22 of chapter 21, we see Peter asking Jesus about John, another disciple. He wanted to know what would happen to him. He was concerned about other people. But Jesus replied to him, and this is sort of the Karen's version, is don't worry about him. Just you follow me. Don't let somebody hold you back from what God has for your life. You need to keep focused on Jesus. So as a finish up now, please remember, we have this opportunity that we might never get again in familiar surroundings to see what Christ wants to do with our lives. Take time and reflect on what Jesus is saying to you. And as you're sitting in your own home, begin that journey. Christ wants to meet you where you are and take you on a journey of restoration. Will it be difficult? Yeah, it probably will. Will it be worth it? Absolutely. I want you to take, it away, take a look at this picture. It'll hopefully come up on the screen. Take a look at the damage the tree has done. If the tree wasn't planted there, then there wouldn't be as much damage. But you've got to ask yourself, did the house owners plant it with the intention of wrecking their house? Of course not. See, sometimes we are taken on a war and the storm does a lot of damage. It's the same in life. It's when, not if, the storm comes. We need to remove what has the potential to cause the most damage. How we react to that damage is key. See, the owners could have left this house the way it was. They could have left it so that everybody could see the damage that the tree and the storm had caused. They could have got so angry that they wanted to see how they had suffered for something that wasn't their fault. But you've got to ask yourself, who's the one suffering? Who's living in the mess? You might drive past and see it, but who's actually living in the mess? See, there's a second option. The owners could begin to repair the damage, but first they need to remove the tree. It'll be easy at the start, the branches aren't that heavy, but as you get closer to the roots and the tree trunk, it becomes a lot more difficult and a lot of the times you need to ask for help. Unless you totally remove the tree and kill the roots, it'll grow again. Once the tree has been removed, the house can be fixed properly. It's the same in the spiritual. Unless you deal with the root of the cause of the issue, it will always do damage. Each time the storm hits, it will cause a bit more damage in your life because the tree, which could be a person, it could be a situation, it could even be the need to offer or release forgiveness. It hasn't been dealt with. This tree has to be removed before the house can get properly fixed. It's the same in your life. 
whatever is holding you back needs to be removed. You could temporarily fix the roof, but it will never last. Begin to pray for grace and courage that you don't give up in the pursuit of God. You see, there's nothing greater than walking in God's will for your life. Don't miss the season that God has put you in. So just to recap, I want you to ask yourself these three questions. Has God sent me home in order to find Christ in a deeper way? Is it time to deal with anything that might hold me back from God's plan for my life? And the third thing, is it time to make sure you're being equipped for the next part of your journey? You know, if, if what I have said has spoken to you, I would ask you that you please get in touch with um, East Point Church. I'm sure if you get in touch with Pastor Stephen or Donna, they will be more than happy to help you or point you in the right direction. If you don't live near East Point Church, then please seek out trusted, godly friends. Just do not waste this time if God is speaking to you. It's time for a new chapter, and for many it's also a time for a new beginning. Bless you.